0: This episode is brought to you by the Coastal Community Network, the media company that promotes and produces content for people who love the water and their coastal community. Go to coastalcommunitynetwork.org and become a member today. Support content that counts in your coastal community. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. The end of the season... In the beginning of a new season. That's what this whole this whole podcast is going to be about. Because it's a little bit different for everybody. Um, here in Fort Lauderdale, South Florida, Miami, Dade, Palm Beach counties. We kind of have the same season. I mean, as a tarpon guide, I perceive my season a little bit differently than, say, like a selfish fisherman. Or somebody that's into Blue Marlin that's going through the Caribbean. But seasonality is definitely something but it isn't the same for everybody the people that like to talk about the seasons the most are the ones that have the worst seasons like the people up in new england how many times have you heard a new englander say oh i just love the seasons or they move here and then they say they miss the seasons well that's really subjective and i'll tell you why because me as a tarpon guide this is the end of the year for me the end of the summer the end of the summer, we call prepod. Prepod is when all the small bait fills up the canals and the beaches, and it's pretty much everywhere. And that's kind of like the end of the season. Prepod, there's huge pods that are coming, and these are mullet that are coming down the intercoastal, along with sardines, pilchards. Offshore, we got ballyhoos, um, goggle eyes. They all come north to south in September. Now, prepod is the end of last year. Okay. Now, I know it's not the first of the year that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the seasons and the progression of a tarpon guide in the season, so bear with me. Prepod is the end of the season. Now, what is prepod good for and why do we like prepod? Well, prepod is great for especially a lot of small fish as a tarpon guide all summer long we fish to small baits, so we're catching juvenile tarpon, 10 to 30 pounds, most of them. A few big ones out in the inlet, but for the most part, 10 to 30 pounds, and we're catching them on eight-pound gear and fly taggle, usually nine-weight. And these are the smaller tarpon. Now, I used to fish for big snooks in the summer, which a lot of the South Floridians do, and that is also what I would consider an end-of-the-season type of, of uh, happening, because everything happens for the first time and the cycle starts going when the mullet run comes when the big pods actually show up we call that New Year's for a tarpon guide in uh, Fort Lauderdale Miami and realize in Fort Lauderdale Miami there are guys that target tarpon 24 7 12 months out of the year it's not near a seasonal as far as being able to catch a tarpon it's all about how you're catching tarpon what size they are and how you're going about doing it and like I said during the summer we do this pre-pod stuff. We're fishing with small baits. We're fishing with super light tackle. We're going for juvenile fish. It's a lot of fun. And I really like it a lot because I get a lot of the high school kids the, um, that are really into it. And if a high school kid specifically wants to catch a tarpon, you know he's into fishing. Because he's trying to climb up the ladder. He's trying to accomplish something, which is something that I do with fathers and sons, sometimes just the kids by themselves. But we do it all summer long. Very common. And I love that part of the year. I also like it because we're catching, you know, a lot of fish in a single night. You know, three, four, five, six, seven tarpon in the night is, uh, you know, kind of normal. And a kid can catch five tarpon without wearing himself out, which is exactly opposite than the wintertime when we're catching the big tarpon. If you catch four or five tarpon in the course of a trip, they're asking you to take them home at that point, you know, the the fight and the, um, you know, the way you get them is just so much different so you know the small tarpon I really enjoy prepod is officially started which is the end of the season and I'm calling prepod now over the years I always call prepod and I call the mullet run and people kind of like it so we kept doing it and kind of carry on about it so prepod now there's a big significant thing about prepod because what happens is the bait that's settled into the beach and the trough all summer long now starts to move north to south and that's how you know it's actually happening Happy pre-pod, everybody. As a matter of fact, pre-pod starts, and then the mullets start coming in, and then it's happy bait season. So we'll also wish everybody the first happy bait. It's kind of like wishing somebody Merry Christmas you know, a month before it happens, but after November. I hope that makes sense. So anyway, big anticipation for the pods to start coming down. The mullet run, my favorite time of year. Now the cool thing about the mullet run, when the mullet run first starts, the tourists and stuff hasn't come back to town yet. So it still feels like old Florida a little bit, at least here in Fort Lauderdale. It's very rare does it feel like old Florida. But you get if after the 4th of July, towards the end of July, through August, and especially the end of the August, beginning of September, when people go back to school, the traveling really stops. We go into like this little time where there's not a lot of traffic, there's not a lot of people on the beach, the fishing's excellent. And it's my favorite time of year. And I've talked to a lot of guys in the Keys, and it holds true down there. In September and October, it feels more like the Keys. There's not so many tourists down there. But I don't know. Well, I'm sure it's just like here. Um, our off-season used to be all summer long, and then we were kind of really hoping that it would start you know, in November. Now the season is just pretty much strong all through the summer. At the end of the summer, you feel at the beginning of September, you feel, that you feel like... The phone's not ringing all the time. You're not getting back to 100 different emails. It's the off season. And I know people that are native to the Keys really enjoy this time. So all you guys down in the Keys and all you coastal communities that fall under that same type of uh, season, where right now you're finally slow, enjoy yourselves. Do a lot of fishing. Get out on the beach. Do whatever you got to do that makes you happy because the tourists will be back in November. And uh, then the cycle starts again. Now, after happy bait, okay, that usually ends like the last week in October, first week in November. You always know when the shit's going to hit the fan because the boat show starts happening here in Fort Lauderdale. They totally start destroying the intercoastal. The fish leave uh, very abruptly um, between the coal fronts and uh, getting ready for the Fort Lauderdale boat show. We go into this little transition. Now, during that transition, fishing's pretty good. Tarpon fishing isn't excellent, but it's good um every year is a little bit different in november and december some years it gets cold real quick the tarpon don't really react that well and you'll have a slow november and december other years they eat right through it but offshore and on the reefs it absolutely explodes you get basically everything um starts to come on the reef and it's absolutely alive out there so the inshore fishing um you know is very good that time of year it's just the tarpon can be a little bit inconsistent But because there's so much other stuff, the trips are great. So I really, um, I like that time of year. But it's a little frustrating sometimes with the tarbon. We often go out and catch a lot of cereal mackerel, mutton snappers, a lot of sailfish that time of year, and uh, blackfin tuna. And that usually keeps people pretty fired up. So anyway, that's how it starts. Then around Christmas or whatever, I really start fishing Miami a lot. I'm starting to refer to this as my hay time actually heard that on uh, the Captain's Collective podcast. They had some guy on there that had a real seasonal uh, time where he got his uh, his hay for all his ranches and stuff, and he called it hay time. It's the time to make the hay. It's when everything's happening. That's when you're paying the bills. It's when you're working just 9 to 5 every single day, hay time. The shrimps start coming through the bay real good. They get a little bit fatter. The tarpon key in on them. The tarpon fill in there all winter long. That's right. Fort Lauderdale, Miami, all winter long, we totally smoked the nice tarpon. And we're not talking about, you know, okay fishing. We're talking about great fishing. Big fish, a lot of big tarpon, and um, very consistent. Right through the winter, February, March, you know, the Keys are starving for them. Hopefully, like, in an early season, they'll start showing up there in March. We'd better have been smoking them all January, all February. And then in March, it really gets good. April, it gets phenomenal. May is phenomenal. June's absolutely great. And then summertime, we get right back to where we just came from. So anyway, that's the way the seasons work, but let's talk about what's happening right now, which is the end of the year for me. Like I just explained, this is pre-pod action. This is before the big mullet run, but fishing is great. And the most common question I get through all the feeds is when's the best time to go fishing the beach? Well, All summer long is pretty good. Right now really gets good. And going into September is great. And I don't care where you are. From Jacksonville to Miami. I can vouch for that beach. All the way. This is the time to fish the beach. So all you guys have been asking me about that. This is the time to do it. It's also time to take the kids down there. See the cool thing about taking really young kids to the beach. Is it's not just about fishing. It's about going to the beach. So when you try to entice your kid. To go to the beach, don't necessarily say fishing. Like so many uh, parents out there, they want to get their kids into fishing. I think they might try a little bit too hard. Do it like this: you go fishing at the beach, and then bring your kids. And then the kid will see you fishing, and then he'll decide whether or not he wants to, you know, really get into it or not. But if he doesn't, he just wants to hang out in the sand and do what you do at the beach. Kids are usually perfectly happy with that. This is the time to bring the kids to the beach and do a little fishing. And you teach them how to cast. while well, you teach them how to cast, you can seriously catch a nice snook. The snooks go up and down the beach basically from Stewart's south, and they get right in the trough. You can actually sight cast them from the beach. This is what's going on right now. This is pre-pod season. And you also notice the activity in tropical storms and what well, hardly any of them become hurricanes, but they you know give them names and all that kind of stuff. but the tropical storm system really starts to freak out this time of year. Now, what does that mean for the bait migration in the seasons? Well, it's hurricane season for one. You're constantly watching these storms come down the pipe. And what I mean from the pipe is, you know, from Puerto Rico to, we'll call it Miami. And then, you know, almost always the cone has it right about there. And then it'll adjust and so on and so forth. But the reason I bring that up is because massive amount of water gets moved around during the tropical storm season. And once we get a couple of tropical storms, it can happen as early as now, as early as August, late August, to get a decent tropical storm. And what that tropical storm will do, will bring in some cool water. That cool water will flood into the area, call it Cocoa Beach to Savannah. As that water starts to cool down, that triggers the bait migration. So if you get two or three tropical storms right in a row, boom, 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 the water temperature along the coast way up there We'll go flying down. When it goes flying down, the bait starts flying south. Everything's way getting pushed out by the cold water. Just like the tourists do when it gets cold up north. They all start coming here. The people up in Michigan and all through Chicago and Illinois and all those people. Minnesota, all the Yankees up there. It gets a little bit cold and then they start coming south. That's what the bait does. And when that bait's coming south, It's humming. And then the predators follow it, and everything's coming by in these huge waves. I've been on the beach in the morning when fishing was just okay and not a whole lot was happening. By that same afternoon, it was like National Geographic. It looks like, you know, every type of big inshore species getting blasted and getting eaten that afternoon. And it comes true in these big waves. And it comes true for two reasons, the water temperature, the bait, Actually, three reasons, I guess, and because the days start getting shorter. I mean, it's only the third week in August, and I can already feel the days getting shorter um, when I'm out there on my trips. As a matter of fact, I've been doing my tarpon trips from 5 to 10 p.m. During Happy Bait, September starts. I start from five or 4.30 to 9.30 because you can be extremely productive at 4.30 in the afternoon. Also, it gets darker, you know, like around 7.30, so the trips naturally, you know, start happening earlier. And then the earliest I'll do them is in the middle of the winter. We'll start trips at 3.30 in an afternoon, sometimes even as early as three. And, um, you really want to fish for the tarpon as the sun's coming up or the sun's going down and almost every single afternoon from let's call it happy bait starts the second week in September, um, all the way to June, pretty much every weekday afternoon. I'm not fishing weekends anymore. I just can't do it it's um disheartening for one not very productive for two I have a few clients can only fish weekends and if you have to fish a weekend we'll try we'll do our best but for the most part really not fishing weekends anymore I saw this Jamie Huff I don't know if you heard our Jamie Huff podcast I gotta call Jamie up and do another podcast with him he's great but he totally flipped out He's down there in South Carolina, Charleston area, and he was trying to do trips on the weekends this year, and because of all the you know jet skis and retards at the ramp and everything, he totally lost it online, and proclaimed publicly that he wasn't doing uh, trips on the weekend anymore. And when he did that, you know there was a little bit of me in there like, hey, you know that's pretty much how I felt. I just didn't freak out like Jamie did, but Jamie likes freaking out, and he's funny when he does it. And it was fairly entertaining, and he got his point across, which is most important. So anyway, guys don't know who Jamie Huff, that's Redneck Mafia. (laughs) I meant to say Redfish Mafia. It could be Redneck Mafia, but trust me, it's Redfish Mafia. Um, Check him out. Really interesting. Been on the Food Network cooking show finalist. I mean, funny dude. And great fisherman. Redfish Mafia, Jamie Huff. But anyway, getting back to seasons, right? Unfortunately, we got a new season now, which, um, I don't know, we'll call it the fish kill season. Because ever since 2016, pretty much every year between July and September, we have these huge fish kills. And the fish kills come because of a multiple amount of reasons. We got sewage problems, we got issues. We got drainage problems. We got issues with that. That Lake Okeechobee discharge, major issues with that. Water not flowing correctly south to the Everglades. We got issues with that. We got a lot of issues. But all these issues come to a head this time of year, especially for the real Floridians, for the people that actually pay attention to what's going on in your coastal communities. Because right now, it's happening. It's happening over there, all the way from Boca Grande to Tampa. The amount of dead fish that are floating up, the fish kills that are happening is now a season. Every summer we can expect this stuff to happen until we change the way we do things. Septic and sewage systems are a big fucking deal. The fertilizers are a big deal. The friggin' drain runoff is a big deal. The way the water flows is a big deal. And we are seeing this through fish kills every single summer. And it's real simple. We have these rain events in the summer. Lake Okeechobee can't really handle it, so they dump a whole shitload of water out of Lake Okeechobee. A lot of that stuff is contaminated. The marsh and a lot of the neighborhoods that are on septic, that stuff leaks out, gets into the system. Local governments, Fort Lauderdale being huge problem. Fort Myers, another huge problem. Miami-Dade, huge problem. Their infrastructure systems are inadequate to handle the population, so it constantly leaks, goes into the sewers. The sewer system goes into the drain system. The drain system goes into the rivers and the intercoastal. Because of that, we're having these really bad bacterial problems that cause really bad algae, which causes the fish kills, which is just killing us, and this is now seasonal. Putting that in perspective, as we go into the summer months going forward, we're going to now think about that as a season. So how bad are the fish kills going to be this year? So we think about pre-pod and the bait coming down because of the weather. We think about the fish kills because of the weather. But that's a new season that we're dealing with. That totally blows. But it's true. And I can't believe that the national media doesn't really get on this i listen to a podcast, a Meteor's podcast with Tucker Carlson on there. It's funny because I, I tape Tucker Carlson. I don't get a chance to watch a whole shitload of shows. But when I get home late at night, I need one or two. I usually do like a sports center, half a football game or basketball game. But I'll get a Tucker Carlson in. He's funny. Kind of like, you know, got a lot of the same libertarian style views that I have. But I found out on the Meteor's podcast that he loves fly fishing. And he's... Spends time in some of my favorite states. Well, he lives in Maine, which is really cool. If you guys don't remember, the Zendog went up to Maine. We had uh, Steve Wessel from West Mac Boats make us a 46-foot hull. Then we put a 1,100-horsepower uh, Caterpillar engine in there. We shipped that down to South Florida. It took us a couple years to build it. We sported the piss out of that for a few years. Caught a bunch of big fish on it. But anyway, Maine boat builders, some of my favorite. Spent a little time in Maine. Absolutely love it there. Tucker Carlson's from Maine. He also spends time on the west coast of Florida fly fishing in the mangroves, and he likes fly fishing for snook. He is also a 40-inch snook guy. He's like West Coast style, measures the snook, and takes great pride in getting a 40-inch snook. He prefers snook over tarpon, which puts him from, I don't know, I had him at a 10, but now he's down at an 8. But at least he's, you know, at least he's into fly fishing, he's fly fishing for snooks. But the reason he said on the on the podcast why he was more into snooks Is because he could walk around and get them and it wasn't like a two-hour fight to get the um, you know the big tarp into the boat snooks he could kind of you know reminded him more of freshwater maybe stripers you know trout that kind of thing so anyway he likes doing that and he likes waiting for them he'd rather be walking in the water than actually in the boat Um, I'd like to take Tucker Carlson out for a fly fishing trip here in Broward County so he can get the smaller tarpon on fly. If he was targeted the smaller tarpon on fly, I got a feeling that he would really dig that, you know. But anyway, that's just an opinion, I'm not really sure. But it was kind of cool to know that um, Tucker Carlson understands the season of the fish kills. And he understands the problems that we have here. And he is an advocate for the outdoors and that whole thing, which is fairly ironic, because it's one of the few people I get to watch on TV. Anyway, you never know what you might find out in a good podcast. But I thought it was cool, so I wanted to tell you guys that. One of the things that uh, struck me, because Tucker Carlson mentioned the huge fish killer on his show a couple years ago, and I was kind of floored that it actually got a national mention, but it did. And um, during the Meteors podcast, he was saying how hard it is to get any type of mention about water quality. Um, environmental stuff, because people just don't care. I don't know if it really means he didn't care, or it just means that because of the media that he does, they can't get any ratings. So because they can't get any ratings, um, they can't really talk about it that much. So they spend all their time talking about all the other horseshit that most of the other media companies are talking about because of ratings, 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 which totally crushes the conversation about restoring the water we have here in Florida and how bad it is. So many people don't even get it still. I blame that on the media because the media has complete control at this point on what people consume. And we get all these little stupid things um, that take narrative and I always like to use that paper straw thing. I cannot believe that got traction. That got traction and people still don't know about the water quality problems that we're having. People don't know about Lake Okeechobee. They don't know about the Clusahatchee. They don't know about any of the stuff that's happening in the Stewart area. They don't understand what the problem is. They don't understand how to fix it. They don't understand what was here. They don't understand what was destroyed, which is lack of heritage. And with lack of heritage, this is literally the wild, wild south, and it always has been. And think about this, we got 300,000 people, it's more like 400,000 people a year now, moving into Florida. And the vast majority of them have no clue how Florida works or what the most important things are. So every year, the message gets diluted and harder to penetrate. And that's why I put so much blame on the media itself. Because without the help of the media, the state of Florida will continue to go in this direction until the vast majority of people understand what we're up against and what the real problems are. And the only way that can happen is with full support of the media. And people say, well, that's not going to happen. Well, it happened for the paper straw thing. Every single one of you people have been having to drink out of paper straws for I don't know how many months, how many years now. If they can make people drink out of paper straws, then they can communicate the fact that we have serious water problems here and the various ways to get them fixed and how we need to go about things in the future. But to think for a second that now we have a season, the fish kill season, the time where it rains a lot and the the places breach where we have water all dammed up. So they let out the bad water right into the estuaries and the estuaries get devastated and the red tides bloom or the algae blooms and the red ties are just insane because of the amount of nutrients that are going into them. It's like putting gas on a fire. But now we have a season for it. And we can kind of get a grip on how bad it is by what happens during the summer season, during the fish kill season. And to give you a report, the same reports that I'll give you about prepod, the same reports I'll give you about the mullet run, the same reports I'll give you all year long about the tarpon in South Florida, now I'm giving you reports on how bad the fish kill season was. And again, it was devastating. It was as bad as the one we had three years ago that made national news. But it's a little more hush-hush now than ever. And I wonder why that is. Does it have anything to do with maybe this is not an election year? So because it's not an election year, they can't take advantage of the topic. They can't take advantage of the plea for help that the constituents are asking for. See, it's the off-season for the government. And unfortunately, their off-season is three years for every one year that they're on. Now, we've had some good things happen with our governor, but as far from being priority, way far from being priority, a tiny bit of cooperation we're getting. Thank you. But can we get on the real topic, the topic that Florida has to change the way we've done things, and we need to change them now before we kill everything? Because according to this year's fish kill season, It's not looking good, guys. I've been doing the tarpon thing full-time. Full-time. That means over 200 days a year. For over 15 years. The decline in the fishery, the decline in the bait, the decline in the estuaries, the overdevelopment, the huge amount of sewage, the huge amount of pollution that we see, 90% of that coming right out of the drains... Right into the rivers and right into our intercoastal. The growth rate has been astronomical in the last five years. Anyway, looking forward, we're going to have Tim O'Connor on the podcast coming up. Everybody knows Tim, three time happy bait world champion. Nobody works the the mullet run harder than Tim O'Connor, so we're going to have him on the podcast coming up. We'll be giving you full reports on the mullet migration, the end of pod and how the mullets are working their way up the coast. As a matter of fact, we got our first report from Sebastian Inlet, where some fishermen saw a pretty decent amount of mullet and uh, actually netted some mullet, caught some big snooks on them, and they reached out to us just to let us know that they saw the first big school of mullet coming down the beach, so we'll keep you, keep, you, keep you informed on how the happy bait migration is going. This is Captain Jeff. Thanks for listening to the Real Guy podcast and um officially called Prepod and getting ready for Happy Bait. So Happy Bait everybody. And run that dog.